birthday um, bucket done like that. I like that. I'm coming back to Bundaberg in July the 24th, so I can be here to receive all the blessings, right? <laughs> no. It's better to be giving than to be receiving, isn't it? It's so good to be back. It's so good to be back. You are a blessed bunch of good, genuine people who love Jesus, and it's evident. You know, we traveled from the Sunshine Coast up to Agnes Water, 1770, for some family relaxation. And we've been having a good time up there on, um, on your beach shores. And, but it was just so nice to come in here this morning and see the sun shining over Bundaberg. And then seeing the, um, the plantations of the sugar canes, which reminds me of home. And I think I saw quite a few macadamia trees as well. So they're taking over the sugar. They're better. The macadamia um, trees are better for your soil than the sugar cane. So it, it, because it doesn't um, take away as much of the mineral content from the soil. So that is a blessing to recycle your soil even more. So praise God, hey, aren't we blessed? Aren't we blessed to be in this beautiful country? Aren't we blessed to have this sort of beautiful warm weather that some of our Tasmanian friends who are visiting, um, I'm sure they're sweating, but they will, be, they will be missing it once they land back in Launceston and, and feel the frost like I did a couple weeks ago. It was four degrees when I got there, and the frost was very white. So it's starting that autumn, beautiful weather in Tasmania as well. So it's good to have both, isn't it? So um, last time I came here, I couldn't believe this. It was actually back August, um, 29th of August last year. just doesn't feel that long. Um, but you know what? There is no... The time frame that we keep as humans is very different to God's time frame. So, you know, the connection and the way that God has joined people together, it's just so refreshing. And uh, we've been very blessed to be Queenslanders now for 15 months. I was telling Daniela the other day, just can't believe how fast it's all gone. And it just so happened that the friends that are with us today, Dr. Deb and Kurt and their son Sam, they were probably one of the first friends we made on the Sunshine Coast. They were actually a God-sent friends that just came into our lives right in the beginning, and they have been an absolute blessing, and I want to thank God and give God the glory for providing us with such high-caliber friends. Thank you, guys, and it's good that they got to come and be with you this morning. So last time I was here, let's do a little bit of a recap. Some of you were here. I recognize some of the, the beautiful faces. As you said, you are a beautiful bunch, and it's all of you without exception. God's made you beautiful and uh, wonderfully made, so we enjoy the creation and we give Him glory. Um, basically, I was here last time to talk to you about being fit for life, wasn't I? Yep. We were at the time then, the borders were still closed, and we couldn't travel, people weren't allowed in, and there was all these unknowns, and we weren't sure of how this COVID thing was going to unfold and pan out, and I gave you some um, advice, and I gave you some practical health tips, and I also shared with you some encouragement that a lot of my family in Brazil had already been through COVID and how it was unfolding and playing up and, you know, and, and scaring some of them. But to others of them, it served as an opportunity for them to get fitter, to look after themselves, especially spiritually speaking, then, of course, mentally, and then comes the physical body. Um, the Bible says that, you know, if all we do is exercise physically, but we don't look after our spirit men, then we don't really grow. We don't really benefit for the full benefit of what God has for us. So I was here last time and I shared with you um, the verse on Second Peter that says, His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His glory and His virtue. So 
the word says that we have received everything. Everything concerning life and godliness is already within us. So I was here last time and we went through, you know, the fact that we don't have to turn to the outside kingdom and the outside world to try to grab something to then put it into us that we need for life and godliness. All we've got to do, even at the beautiful age of 90, is to allow the Holy Spirit that's already within to give us the attributes and the qualities and the things that we need for life and godliness. So we are a well-equipped people that we have lack of nothing. We lack nothing. We have an abundance of all things because of what Jesus has done on the cross. He's, he's paid for it all. He's made a way for us all to have the full abundance so we don't have to run on low tank. Even when the fuel prices go up, your inner tank is full, right? And even if your physical car doesn't, but your inner one, my physical car needs refueling after I finish here because we came back and I didn't get a chance. But anyhow, we'll take care of that later. So we reviewed the backlash on humanity and the communities around the world. You know, in a way today, I am, you know, I'm, I'm a chiropractor, but I'm also a health educator and a health promoter. I am here also to apologize to all of you on behalf of the Australian government and the Department of Health for the segregation, for the discrimination, for the over-the-top procedures and policies and rules that we have, that they have devised in an attempt to protect the Australian people, but fear crept in, and because of the fear, so much was overdone over the top that has allowed people to feel very segregated, discriminated, isolated, which is the opposite of, of what God has for all of us. We're a people who belong. So this morning, you know, please forgive them, for they knew not what they were doing. But there's greater days coming, and I believe that even here in the Southland of the Holy Spirit, we're going to see such a move and a breakthrough of God and the Holy Spirit doing stuff that the governments and the world is going to look back and go, whoa, watch what these people have been training to be fit for life. And life in Christ is the life that we're being trained for, hey? So the COVID trial and the lockdowns, you know, brought the disconnection, the isolation, the fear. Uh, but we're moving forward from there. You know, um, we were in a position also where our cortisol levels and our adrenalines were so high because we didn't know what to expect. Some people didn't even want to leave the home because they were afraid that they were going to catch the virus and get very sick from it, which some people really do. And it's a real threat. But have you noticed that the culture that we live in is obsessed with symptoms and signs and they're forever chasing their tails looking at the symptoms and you know this person's got this or the virus can give you this and you can have fatigue or you can have sore throat or you can have this and the other and then we have also a culture that's obsessed with behavior modification we must do this you must comply you must oblige you must not rebel you must do this you must be quiet you must show respect you must all of these things are okay things but the real thing that God looks at, the Bible says God looks at the heart. Why? Because God wants to address the heart issues. Not the symptoms. The symptoms and all of the, the, the behavior is simply a sign of what's deep within. But God comes to address the deep within. So I heard from Pastor Tim that you guys have been sharing and learning about the matters of the heart and the things that are close to the heart, you know, and seeking God's heart and returning to the first love. So my message, Tyler, for this morning is basically it matters for the heart. What things that really matters for the heart. 
So I'm going to share some of the wisdom that I've learned over the years to give you inspiration, but also for the Spirit of God to give you revelation knowledge so that you know how to take the knowledge that He gives to you and apply every day of your lives and be a blessing to everyone that you come in contact with. And that's God's plan for all of us, that we would be people of God who will encourage and take the Spirit of God outside of our comfort realm to the outer world that's so desperately looking and wanting and waiting for the Bundabergans to rise up and take the name of Jesus out there and the love of God in a practical way. And let me tell you, your people here will have caused you no resistance. That's what the Spirit of God is telling me. The harvest is ready for you out there. And your people here will have no resistance. Unlike sometimes what we face on the Sunshine Coast, our people on the sunny coast are so comfortable with their own good, happy life at the beach that they are resistant. And when you come with the message of Jesus or you try to bring the practical love into things, they tend to pull away. But I sense such an openness here, you know, in this central area of Queensland where the people here are more seeking. They're ready. They're hungry. And some of them are thirsty and they're dry as well. But God is within you to do much more than what we can ever ask, think, or imagine. Are you with me this morning? Now let's get into the Word. If you've got the Bible, whether in your app or your phone or your paper-bound one like Pastor Tim's got, which is the best way to hold that Bible in there, let's go to the book of Luke, chapter 17. Luke 17. And we're going to start with verse 20. Luke chapter 17, verse 20. Most of you have found that already. Yeah, you can nod. You can, yep, okay, got it. All right. Let's read this. Once, this is verse 20. On being asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. Isn't that interesting? So the coming of God's kingdom is not something that can be actually watched or observed. Nor will people say, here it is or there it is. Do you know why? Now it explains right here. Because the kingdom of God is within us. What an amazing blessing and an amazing privilege that God didn't pick his kingdom to be a program and a show and an amazing display of men's amazing skills and abilities to portray his goodness, God instead said, I'm the God of the heart. I see the heart. I work with the heart. I'm a relational God that relates to my people first and foremost. I love them. If they respond and love me back, I will build my kingdom within them and nothing in this world will ever stop them. There's no mandates, there's no rules that men will come up, there's no plans or strategies or a new world order or anything that could even come to stop or slow down the progress of God's kingdom because it's within you and I and we're being prepared, we're being stirred, yeah? There's been trials, there's been tribulations, let me tell you, I could share a few but I'm not going to, I'm here to encourage you, not discourage you, right? We've been through some stuff. In these last few years or these last few months or for some of you in these last few weeks. For some of you, you're coming out of that awful influence of that COVID virus. You know, I just heard the testimony of that beautiful sister who shared up here uh, with the 10K walk and all of this and the fatigue and all of those things, you know, associated with viruses, period, right, of all kinds. But 
we're here to talk about the matters to the heart. What does really matter? Why is man's heart so important in God's eyes? Why is it that the Word of God teaches us so much about the heart, the heart of issues and the heart of this and the heart of that? It's because one of the reasons is the kingdom is within that realm of that heart, which, which means our, our, our thoughts, you know, our thinking, our feeling, and our choosing is part of that heart, the makeup of that heart, which is the soul of, of, of men and w women, right? And then we have God's spirit that then cohabitates there as well, and he infuses God's life into our soul. But our soul is under our domain. Our soul is under our control. So God is not in control of your soul. The Bible never teaches that God is in control over that because God wants men and women to exercise the gift of free will. We have choices to make. And as we make those choices based on his leading, then we move towards life. But if we make choices that are not based on his word and his will and his leading, then we start to move away towards death, right? So there's life and death, and God's given us both. And he says, but pick life that you may have life and enjoy it with abundance. So God's first revelation to me as I began to uh, face a lot of bullying that I did back in school that was really harsh, you know, and I felt intimidated and I felt fearful and all these negative feelings that were happening inside of me back in the days. I, all I was looking for is an opportunity to fit in, right? We're all born with three main needs, every human being. We have a need to feel love, to feel accepted, and to feel safe. And whenever we are in a position, a situation, a relationship, or a job, or anything that we encounter in this life, if we don't feel love, accepted, and safe, we won't be well in that place, in that environment, right? So God is a God of the heart. So he began to open up my eyes, and he began to show me things that I wasn't seeing in the way that he wanted me to see. Because who, how many of you know that once God sets you free, and you're thinking you're free indeed, Yeah? That there's no other way, there was no other hooks or no other power that the enemy can use now against you. So the revelation came to me um, out of Proverbs chapter 4. A lot of you have read this before. Proverbs 4.23. And I love this. I love when God took his time to pen this to all of us for our benefit. It says there, above all else, guard your heart. Above all else... Guard your heart, for everything that you do will flow from the heart. Yeah? So he even tells us why. Why is it that, you know, he doesn't tell us, um, you know, to guard all the things, but he tells us to guard our heart because he knows that n first and foremost, everything in life that we deal with flows from the heart. The decisions, the thoughts, the feelings, the connections, everything that we make here or with people or how we respond to God, it flows from that heart. So the heart is a very important thing that God wants us all to guard. And no wonder the physical heart is also a very important organ that we must also guard and look after, yeah? Because without the pump, pumping the blood, you can't live. But at the same time, you can say, well, without the brain, I couldn't survive it. Well, it's true. But this morning, we're here to encourage you regarding the spiritual heart, the heart where the kingdom of God lies in there. And God says, my people who I call by my name, they're going to do some great exploits, but I need to help them understand that they have to guard the heart. They have to guard the heart. And how do we guard our hearts? There's many different ways. 
to, to guard the heart. Think of it this way. If God's kingdom lives within you and I, in our hearts, in our spirits, right? If it is within us, then the outside kingdom that's out there is fighting against everything that the inner kingdom in you is trying to accomplish. That's where the real battlefield lies. The battle between the outside kingdom and the inner God's kingdom that's within you and I. Because that's the only way that the kingdom of God expands, is within you. It's not that we don't do the programs. It's not that we can't get together and do a massive um, evangelistic crusade like they do in Brazil and in Africa. And Pastor Tim and, and, and so many of his leaders could get together and hire a big truck and have a massive sound speaker and go into Bundaberg Central, wherever it might be, and call the people out to come and repent. And, you know, I mean, that could be a good program, right, if it's God-led. But let me tell you something. That's not how the kingdom of God grows. The kingdom of God is growing within your heart, within the choices that you make. Irregardless whether you are 15, 25, 90, or 12 years of age, it's the choosing and the, and the thinking and the feeling and the actions that come from that point that will cause us to, pro to progress with the kingdom. So guarding our hearts means we also have to assess what we believe. And the most important part of the belief is why do we believe what we believe? Yeah? It's a very good way for us to um, do some self-reflection or critical thinking, which I always try to instill in my sons. Just don't accept something because somebody told you that that's how it is. Ask questions. Question it. Why is it done this way? Why is it not done a different way? So we must guard our hearts by assessing what we believe and why we believe what we believe. Yeah? And the Word of God, of course, and the Spirit of God is a shield and a, and a sword for you to use to fine-tune anything in that regard. But also, I always encourage my boys to affiliate and associate yourself with people that have a heart for God, that have the kingdom of God already developing inside of them and growing. Why? Because the people we associate ourselves with, we tend to become more like them, don't we? We talk more like them. We think more like them. We then eventually will act more like them on the outside. But it all stems from that belief of what we believe, why. Why is it that I loved Kurt, my friend from the sunny coast, straight away? Was it because he just did an amazing jump and an amazing hug and put up a, you know, a, a, a huge thing to welcome each of the Sunshine Coast? No. The genuine love that came through him from God that reached out to me touched me in the heart, and my heart knew, and my spirit knew, he's like me, and I want to be like him. So you align yourself with people that are like that, you see? And then the kingdom of God then begins to grow between us and taking us to new levels and so on and so forth. So in psychology, we learn this, that it all starts with the belief system. The most of the world, and let me tell you, our government, Medicare system, the Department of Health, all the things of government which are helpful to our land and our nation, they're all based on behavior modification. So they tell you that in order for you to avoid the virus, you must first isolate, you must wash your hands, which is true. We don't negate that, right? It's true. And then you wear a mask if you have symptoms so that you don't pass it on to your neighbor. So you're loving your neighbor better than yourself or as yourself by protecting them from you, your germ, yeah? And then you listen to their narrative. That is behavior modification techniques. They're trying to get you to do what for them 
will be counted as safe. So they can tick the box and say, you know what? The Bundabergans are good. 90% of them or 85% of them are obedient, and they do exactly what we ask. Tick. And you fulfill that role, correct? Which I'm not saying is wrong, but I'm just saying God doesn't operate like that. Although the washing of hands is very good for you and the physical distancing can be very beneficial for you not to spread germs from one to the other and all these other things. But look at the matter of the heart there. The actual thing that will save you or bring health to you is your belief system. Because from the belief system, we then get our values, which is what's important to us. From our values, we derive our attitudes. And then from our attitudes, then we go into our behavior, which is how we determine how we act and do certain things. So parents, you know this, and I've been learning this with my teenage sons. It's no point in wearing yourself out trying to modify young Johnny's behavior or attitudes or Christian's behaviors or attitudes, to be fair, because I've got two of them, or Samuel, my dear friend's son, behaviors. Why? You're going to wear yourself out addressing the outer covering of the human soul. You've got to actually ask God for wisdom to allow you to cultivate the, 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 the relationship as the most important, but then go and challenge their belief system that's actually causing their values to be modified, that's actually causing their behavior to reflect what's deep within. And that's not an easy thing because my mom and dad didn't practice um, va- uh, belief modification. They practiced behavior modification, right? So I'm ingrained and I'm trained and my natural way is, I react. You don't do what I tell you, bang, feel this. Or go to your room or, you know, or give me that device. You're going to have a, a, a detox from the device for the next three or seven days, which is very good for their brain, right? But if while they're detoxing from their device, you don't go and have the quality time to actually sit with them and address the belief system that's causing them to be so glued to that device, then it's no long-term change. Do you hear me? There's no long-term redemption, right? There's no long-term real change because you're working with the covering, but not from what's within. As chiropractors, Dr. Deb and I are very fascinated with the fact that most of our patients, if not all of our patients, turn up because of an outer pain or symptom that they have, right? Which is good. We're trained for that. But it is our job to coach the patient, once we get them out of pain, to dig deeper and go towards, move towards the root cause of what's causing the pain. Because pain in itself is not a negative thing, right? The same way that a child playing up a certain behavior could be they're seeking attention from the mom or the dad if they feel rejected or neglected or there's not enough quality time at home for them, right? So these signs and symptoms are not bad things. They are natural things that's been built into us for us to respond to certain things. But it is up to us, the people of God, to have the discernment, the wisdom to then to operate deeper and say, my heart is for my son or my heart is for my employee. And what I actually want is to redeem our relationship by addressing the real cause of the problem, not just the outer surface. And so is God in the same way. God sees our, our stuff. He sees our weaknesses. He understands our immaturity. He enjoys the fact that we actually play up from time to time because if we never did, we wouldn't really know in ourselves that we had a reason to come back to him and repent and bow 
you know, and, and just ask him for forgiveness and get back on the heart thing. So our God is a God of the heart. He's laid his kingdom within each one of you to be a blessing because everything concerning life, godliness, therefore, is already deposited within you. So it's not up to Pastor Tim or the worship team to take you to that intimate place where God's spirit began to talk and to, to impart wisdom and healing like he did here beautifully this morning. Wasn't that awesome? That how we, they join the arm, arm to arm, praying for one another. That is beautiful. And I hadn't seen that. And neither had I seen the birthday bucket blessing way of blessing Jordana, that young lady. That was awesome. It touched me. Why? It's the kingdom that is within that's put it into practice, the principles that actually addresses the heart. The things that really matter in life is the heart things. Everything else is a bonus, right? If you get to address the outer stuff, if you get to time to do the other things, that's a blessing and a bonus. But you know what, church, Bundabergans? It's time for us to allow the Spirit of God to further develop and coach us in the things of the heart because it is the heart from the heart flows all things pertaining to life, yeah? And he has deposited everything. So we need to be um, practical enough to put it into practice, but also humble enough to accept that we don't have it all together. And I would never want to be in that position anyways. So let me share with you some practical ways that I have found to guard my heart. I'm a visual learner. I mostly learn by what I see and observe. But I also have a very strong intuition in me that wants me to learn from what I hear as well. So visual and auditory are my two main senses that give me the information that I need to know for life and make decisions and so on and so forth, right? So my main aim to guard my heart is to guard what I watch or what I allow into this. I'm trying to remember that verse. Let me see if I can find it. I think I found it. Um, the one that talks about the eye being the... No, I think I've got it on my notes. Is that Timothy, Pastor Tim? I had a feeling it was in Timothy somewhere. Matthew, that the eye is the lamp of the soul. Is that the one? That guards your eye so that you don't let other things thank you. Imagine how important that is. If your eye is the lamp of your soul that brings light or darkness, if the lamp's off, how important it is that we protect our vision from what we've seen. And look at the world today. Imagine this. People are being asked to isolate. People are being asked to stay away from people. People are being asked not to participate in fellowship and engagements or see families or travel or whatever else that they are, would normally be. They are already in that vulnerable place where they are doing what? They're watching something, right? Whether the device or the TV or something, or they're listening to something to try to create peace, to try to bring safety, to try to make them feel loved and accepted because they're not feeling loved and accepted outside when they turn up somewhere and there is a, a marshal at the door asking them to identify themselves and show them some proof of something that it's, you know, based on their medical choice. So people were already rattled by all of that. And then on top of that, they then began to indulge in watching things that normally they wouldn't be exposed to. Imagine the extent of the harm and the, and, the, and, and the stuff that we all have to work through for the years to come for what's come upon our communities and our people. They're fed up. 
They can't stand being isolated and feeling disconnected. This sense and this feeling of disconnected is, is actually the worst health factor for human health. And God help us. God help us as he is restoring. I love your name, Restoration Center. God is restoring. He's restoring his people's sense of connection. His people's sense of belonging. It's so very important. My wife's grandfather is turning 104 this month. He's 103. He does very well. He's very fit for life, right? He has, he has his challenges. He tells me he can't dance three or four times a week anymore because the hips feel a bit rusty. But his dancing style goes from 10 p.m. to about 3 o'clock in the morning. That's the, his part of his dance club. So he's got a very different standard to what I've got, right? But... In all of it, and we, we literally sit down with the man to l hear him, listen to his wisdom, hear about his stories. And now my mother-in-law has been wise enough to organize a team of um, media people, that photographers and filmmaking, to come and do a little documentary on his life. Because he is a living legend. And he loves God. And he loves people. And he loves serving. He's always serving. He's always looking for reasons. And the one thing when you ask him, What's the secret for a long health? Because car his cardiologist has asked him that question. His GP has asked him that question. The rheumatologist asked him the same question because they can't find anything wrong with the man physically, um, you know, with, with his body. So they all ask him the question. And his most basic answer is, I belong with my family. I feel fully connected with my people. I love to serve my people. I didn't, I wasn't born to be served. I was born to serve, to give his life. What's that sounding like? What does that sound like? What's the secret to a long, healthy, healthy life? It's to become more like Jesus. What is Jesus like? Jesus is giving. What's Jesus like? Jesus speaks to the heart. What's Jesus is like? Jesus doesn't spend time addressing behavior. He calls them all to himself and say, let them come to me. It doesn't matter what they have done. If they have murdered someone or if they committed abortion or if they lied or if they've deceived, if they've been in adultery, whether they've done this or done that or done or the other, it doesn't matter. Let them come to me. What matters to him is the heart, and he's after your heart and my heart this morning. Please hear me on what the Spirit of God is saying to you. He wants your heart because it matters the most. And that's where his kingdom is being built. Not with facades, not with buildings, not with physical things. It's spiritual blessings that he's added upon you and upon me. And he's saying, look at my people there in Bundaberg. Look at the bunch of people I've got there ready for the harvest. And you guys will not have room to contain. You will need your new building, which God is preparing and organizing. I know that. But I am so pleased also that through it all, you stayed in the high school, the Bundaberg High School. I prayed that God would, would firmly keep you here. Because just you being here and you, your feet being here, it's the statement to the city, to this community of what's yet to come to be unfolded in Jesus' name. So safeguard your eyes. I'm trying to coach my sons, and they can attest to this. Boys, 8 o'clock 
all devices away. Turn it to airplane mode. Put it back on the charges. Let's have some family time. Let's talk. Let's sit on the TV room or whatever it might be that we can talk and connect. And it's not easy because so much of it has now in the devices, the learning, the schooling, the communication with friends and all this sort of stuff. And I understand that. It's very different to how it used to be when I was 15 or 17. You know, and Tim and all of the other ones here can attest to that if you're born in the 70s or, or you know, or, or before then. <laughs> um, so we as men and women of God, especially the fathers, I put that call out to, to you fathers. Help your sons and daughters to guard their eyes and their ears from what they're hearing. I know it sounds petty. I know it sounds to some people religious. But you know what? It is the matter. It's what matters in the heart. And God is already establishing his kingdom in young people's lives. I see that nice young man right there, and he looks very athletic to me. What's your name, mate? Yeah. Luke. Awesome. Do you play sports? <laughs> That's fine. It's so good to see young people who are in the house of God receiving from the Spirit of God and the Word of God that's touching them, you know? And it's so good that we emanate the example by putting our devices away as well and creating time and opportunity for us to encounter the presence of God. Sometimes it's just purely, simply turning on worship and worshiping together. Nick and Krista, I was blown away with your heart for God and your heart in worship here. Just forgive me, guys, for just a minute here. These, these guys here, they, they were kids when I was in Tasmania. They were just little kids. Nick and Krista, you know, and my boys went to the Launceston Christian School the same as she did and they did, but it is so good to see the level of what God has already brought you to, but I, with my eyes of faith, I can see you two just rising up to the next level and the next level and the next level, and there is going to be tremendous things for you also in the business world that God is probably already putting stuff in your hearts, and the kingdom things, the development that is going to come out of the two of you is phenomenal. And what a beautiful family you will have also, you know, later with the kids, with those blessed Dutch genes and, you know, in the other side of the family, you know, not only with the looks, but with the health, with the work ethics, the discipline, but most importantly, the heart. Isn't it good that Krista and Nick, you both are now enjoying in this season of your life, some of the things that he tried to guard you from, say, Nick, don't do this. Nick, don't go there. Nick, Put this away. And the same coming from the other side of the family. Krista, don't do that. Krista, don't, you know, fellowship with those sorts of people. Be here. You know, we're going to pick you up. We're going to do this and so on. Now, see, guarding the heart matters because you reap the harvest later. Even with a little bit of pain and annoyance that we go through from time to time, help your kids to guard their hearts by guarding what they watch and what they hear. And finally, finally, the search for intimacy is what we were created and designed for. There is no other way. It's all good. See, he, he's ready for worshiping already. He's got the banner. He's getting ready. That's what we're going to do anyways. So the search for intimacy and communion with God is the ultimate place that every human needs to be. It, it won't matter. Um, the job that you get to go out there and do, the stuff that you get to build, which is awesome, 
how many kids you get to have, and that's wonderful as well. And, you know, the style of house you're going to live, whether by the beach or by the country, doesn't really matter, really long term. But the heart for God and the search for intimacy is the only true thing that will satisfy and fulfill a human's heart. There's no other way, no other way around it. So I want to um, bring this to a closure by saying, especially to our young people, and all of you should feel young that way, that in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, if you've got your Bible, you can go there with me. Ecclesiastes 12, which was a book that Solomon wrote. And Ecclesiastes 12 says this in verse 1. And this especially fits in with the young ones. Remember your creator. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. Before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. And isn't it true that our God is so good to deal with the heart and the heart matters because so many of the adults, the grown-ups that I treat now in clinical practice are people who are so disenchanted with life because they never remember the creator in the younger days. And they've lived all this life away from the plans and the purposes of God. And they got to a place where they ran out of puff. And they will. And they said, I can't do this life like this anymore. And then they need a change, which is awesome. And God is right there in the heart to address the heart, to bring the changes, to work out the miraculous, to work out the supernatural, and provides for them above and beyond anything we can ever ask, think, or imagine. But how much better off would it be for all of our young ones like Krista and Nick and Josh and Brooke and all of the other ones that are here and Luke and Christian and John and Sam to realize that it's actually better to do it when you're younger and allow the Holy Spirit to really build in stuff in there that will prepare you for later like God did in my life that I allowed him finally when I turned 17 because I had been running from him for so many years in a row and finally came to the end of my rope and bowed my knees and asked God to forgive me and had a turnaround experience. So be encouraged, Bundabergans. You are doing an awesome job here. God is doing incredible things through your heart, through your choices, through your actions. Keep it up. I'm looking forward to coming back one day. Later, we're going to worship God now and give an opportunity for some of you. Most of you have already come and received prayer, so that was awesome because I thought that's something I needed to do, but then it got so happened even before I began. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with God. But if any of you need specific prayer for anything other than what you already received and been prayed for, I will be available here at the front um, with my beautiful wife to pray for you. Otherwise, thank you for having us. Thank you for loving God, for staying strong with Him, for sticking your feet here at the Bundaberg High School. And I look forward to hearing more and more about you in the days to come. Glory to God. Thank you.